I'm Dr. Gene Hemsler, and you're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. For more than 25 years, my associates and I have been providing straightforward, no-nonsense advice for your financial questions. Email us at drgene at hemsler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R dot com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, July 7th, 2018. Economic health of this nation has been four essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline in the dollar. It's a late rally on Wall Street. Too big to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Money Talks. Money Talks. What's up, fam? <laughs> nice. In the Money Talks, I'm Troy Harmon. I'm here with uh, Jarrett McKenzie. That's right. And none Glad other. Be back. Than, yeah, good. He good. did it. Know, well, what'd you it's this lit. Is, now it is. It is. I'm, I'm woke. <laughs> <laughs> Troy's been hanging out with his interns all day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah. Anyway, we got Jacob Keen on here as well. Uh, Jacob is an analyst in our research department, works down there in the basement with me. And uh, Jarrett, obviously, you're a financial planner, got the old CFP, CWS behind your name. Anything right. else I'm missing? No? Not right now. I got I got my no. hands full with these kids, man. I don't, I'm not looking for any more letters Buddy, at the moment. I'll tell you like Dr. Gene <laughs> told me one time. He said, that's the, that's the work you get for the fun you had. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. It uh, seems quite off balance. Some days when I think yeah. about it, but so uh, does that make you know. any difference in your financial plan? I mean, you you've got to be the man who's. Uh, well, I just run my income stream into perpetuity because that's going to be necessary. <laughs> you know, gonna, I don't ever I don't ever cut it work off forever. Right? Yeah. yeah. There is uh, no re- full retirement age for. Yeah. Well, you know what they say though. You don't always get to choose when you get when you get to retire. A lot of times you get retired, so you yeah, know, you got to plan true. for that possibility that as well. And and maybe that's what you've done. You're kind of like a third world guy, you know, <laughs> making sure that one of your children will yeah. See, feel I, bad for dad and effectively take him I've in. just bought my long term care policy really early. <laughs> Not to worry about anybody coming to take care of me. Yeah. So well, all right then. Yeah. Well uh market did well this week. Uh by normal standards, I guess, 1.3% higher in the week. Uh, telecommunication services, which has been kind of the dog of the last 18 months, yeah, how about uh, that? off the floor, made uh, 3.36% year to uh, no this week. Uh, year to date, it's still way underwater, uh, down 6.7, almost 6.8%. Um, but if you look, the S&P 500 overall, year-to-date, 3.26%. Over the last 12 months, we're up 14.5%. So uh, things aren't too bad. Uh, we've, we're still having a little bit of volatility, still some worries about uh, trade tariffs. Um, that hadn't been worked out, and, uh, you know, the, the deadline is on us. Right. So, um, you know, I, the... the Analysis that I've been hearing, and Jacob, you might add a little more color to this, but uh, it seems like um, China is finally realizing that they're not really in a in a very strong position. Um, you know, they don't have uh, the ability to push around their buyers as much as they thought. Hey, you know what? We're we're the world's consumer, or yeah. so it seems. Yeah. We're a, we're definitely a net importer, so. 
Um, you know, if you're if you're if we're trying to get to the point where we can sell more goods abroad, mm-hmm. um, you know, pushing in some some tariffs, it might make some of the folks that we buy from open their eyes and help us out. Yeah, I've, I don't understand why this has taken so long to to come to fruition. I mean, you think, yeah, it's no secret that the U.S. is such a consumption-based economy, and you got so many people, well, granted it's not as big as China or India or some of these others like that, but still there's a, a substantial amount of, of consumers that, uh, yeah, you're right, are, are consuming these Chinese goods, and as a result, it, it, it seems to stand to reason that you know they wouldn't be able to push around as much. I think I think the White House has, has realized that under the new administration, and it's something that they're trying to take advantage of, which I think is good. And while it may bring some short-term pain uh, in the long run, I think it's going to have a lot more positive effects than what some people are uh, projecting now. Yeah, I believe I, so too. I think if you I think if you just simply check the scoreboard and you look at stock markets, that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. U.S. is U.S. is Holding up Shanghai composites in a bear market now, and really it's not just China. Uh, there's a lot of odds and ends with tariffs. I mean, the discussions that I've sure. heard about the auto tariffs in Europe. I mean, those tariffs have been around for decades. Right. That's just the little bits of protectionism. Yeah. Uh, it, it feels like it feels like the U.S. is you know forcing these countries to capitulate. Mm-hmm. You know, with right. the market conditions that we're seeing. Yeah, and I, you know that's the thing. It is strange. Is uh, before before he started pushing this, uh, all we thought was, oh no, here comes some tariffs. You know, this is terrible. Who wants to have tariffs? But then you slow down, you educate yourself a little bit, and you find that there have been tariffs for quite a long time on mm-hmm. various products that we've been buying all along. So yeah, um, you know, it, it absolutely as you called it, Jacob, protectionism. It's uh, that's really the only reason that governments enact tariffs. Well, right. quite, quite the imbalance, too. I think that's what's driven Trump. I mean, this was part of his, his campaign promise, right? I mean, that's was true. just trying to get some of this back in at least appropriate order enough so that there is more of a balance instead of us, uh, you know, not getting the benefit we should be getting for as much as we do consume of, of some of these countries. So, yeah. uh, you know, I think we're well on our way there, and it might hurt in the short run, but like I said, long term, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, uh, speaking of consumption, uh, Consumer Sentiment Survey was out this week, and uh, June's final Consumer uh, Sentiment Index showed a little bit of improvement, 0.2 point gain uh, relative to May, which is not huge, but uh, consumers still, you know, feeling healthy, feeling good about uh, current situation and and, um, expectations, maybe not so much. Uh, They fell to their lowest level since January, and and I think that probably is trade-related. So we're getting hammered. Every day in the news, people are becoming more and more aware of, uh, you know, the trade tariffs and the fact that it's not always the best uh, situation for the economy. But, Jacob, as you said, you know, here we sit, uh, China's market is way negative and we're still hanging on to yeah. a gain three over 3% year to date, which is, uh, you know, nothing to brag over really, but it's about half of what I would have expected that yeah. we're going to do for this year. Yeah, we just started out so fast. No, uh, no without a doubt. <laughs> we were up 7% at the end of January. We lost yeah. all that and went negative for a little while, and now we're back around, I, I said coming into the year, 6 to 8%. Uh, really expecting more on the 6% side. Uh, I'll still be surprised if we don't finish positive for the S&P 500 uh, in 2018. But, uh, again, you know, consumer sentiment uh, for expectations of the future is is uh, not looking as, as bright in uh, the consumer's eyes overall. 
uh, ISM manufacturing index came in better than uh, we and the consensus would have expected in June. Uh, no signs that supply constraints are easing. Uh, the index rose from 58.7 in May up to 60.2 in June. So uh, not not too bad news. Factory orders rose 0.4% in May. Uh, another one of those positives. Yeah, uh, I think I, I think there's a story there, you know, on the manufacturing factory side. The volumes are there, but we when you when you mention the su- supply constraints, it feels like there's more uh, inflation on on uh, the input side. If you're right. looking um, producer uh, price index, yeah, yeah, and and also the, some of some of what I've kind of heard covered recently is this uh, driver shortage. You mm-hmm. know, oh, absolutely, look truck at, drivers. Yeah, so yeah. it's. It, you're seeing these businesses have a little more difficulty getting things where they need to go. Sure, sure. Yeah, truck drivers, they've been talking about that and how we have a, a uh, probably a shortage for the next 20 years. The only thing that might save that is technology. Right. And uh, this is a business that's kind of near and dear to my heart. I actually used to work in transportation, owned a trucking company for a little while, and uh, Trust me, that is the the biggest problem to solve is having a, yeah. enough drivers to cover the the loads that you've spoken for. So uh, it um, that one is is definitely something that I've got some information uh, or experience with for sure. It's gonna be tough to manage, man. I can't imagine. Well, and then you have to think about uh, in the day of you know every third question we get these days is about a cannabis stock. What mm-hmm. do you think? That's what do you true. think is one of the toughest things to nav- navigate <laughs> as right. a driver who can pass a, a test? That's true. Right. You know, making oh, yeah. sure that he's he's clean or she is clean uh, and and doesn't have an issue there. Cause yeah, well, that's one of those, that's one of those on industries. Like yeah, it'd be very dangerous to you know not not be able to do so. Yeah, they so. can legalize it wherever they wish. Let's just hope they don't legalize it in trucking. Right? <laughs> That's right. I don't, I don't want to deal with that. Uh, well, uh, we we did get a jobless claims report on Thursday. Speaking of the tight labor market, right? Um, it edged a little higher for the week, but I, I mean, we're still we're still talking about unemployment levels really low. I mean, the moving averages is it's moving up a bit, up like what two point two thousand there, but um. Yeah. Still nice tight labor market. Um, we had a uh, ISM service services come in that same day. Right. Um, pretty solid report actually. Mostly favorable. Yeah. 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 Uh, increase from uh, 58.6 up to 59.1. Uh, if you look, uh, new orders uh, were up. Business activity increased. Uh, you know, like you said, pretty much favorable throughout. And and you know what's you know what's a little wild about this is if, if you actually look at the, both the ISMs, it looks like trade is actually picking up. I I was checking out the dry bulk index the other day, and it actually in the midst of all this the trade tariff uh, talk, global trade is actually picking up. It has been yeah. picking up this year. Yeah, yeah. all great. things considered. Yep. So uh, the only other piece is. Uh, our interest rates looks like uh, we had a little bit of a flattening, and most of that was because of the uh, the long-term 30-year uh, fell 0.7 basis points. But really, I don't know if you saw the one month. Um, when I look at what we had, 15 basis points higher just in the week last week uh, really? on the one-month Treasury. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, let's take a real quick break. Stay woke, fam. We'll be right back. <laughs>
time for the Dog of the Week. All right, Dog of the Week this week. Uh, it's really more of a of a bird of the week. Uh, kind of a strange situation I wanted to talk about on the air, and I, I, there was uh, this comes out of uh, the BBC, so it's uh, across the pond. Uh, this uh, gentleman, Donald McLeod, ventured out to check his, uh, his aviary cage one morning to find that the roof had been cut off. Uh, this wasn't like an animal got in there. Somebody broke in to steal his owl. They stole his owl. But what seems to be happening, it's bizarre. Uh, people are carrying less cash these days. So uh, the story goes on that... Um, do we know where this was? Huh? Where, where was? Where did this happen? In the UK. In the UK. That's what okay. I said. Yeah, but it's Sorry, happening all that. over the place. So, so what's happening is people, human beings, are carrying less cash these days. Mm-hmm. So, uh, criminals have decided that they're gonna. Uh, what they're trying to do is steal things that uh, that are easily convertible to cash. Uh, they'll steal them, hold them for a few months, a period of time, whatever, and uh, then they go through a a uh, complicated fencing strategy so that they can turn it into cash. So you're telling me owls are liquid. Um, yeah. How do you turn an owl into cash? They say, <laughs> they say that uh, there are many birds of prey that are being stolen in a similar fashion. Hmm. Uh, folks are breaking in. They're, they're stealing, and I agree with you. I, when I first saw the story, I thought, what in the world are they talking about? Who, who's going to steal a bird yeah, to I turn it into cash? Yeah, I thought went the other way. <laughs> it yeah, like that's I mean, something how, difficult. it's not something you're going to put on Craigslist. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, you'd, you'd think you'd get caught quickly. But, uh, I mean, some of, the, some of the things that they're talking about, um, you know, they're, they're uh, trying to – get those animals or whatever it is and export them real quickly out of the country where they were stolen. So uh, they're doing this with, uh, like in country, they're they're stealing commodity-type goods, toothpaste. Um, various, they'll break into, they'll break yeah. into uh, hmm. uh, all kind of stores, mostly convenient or, or drug stores. Instead of going for the drugs, they're finding, they're finding it's easy to clean a shelf and then convert various daily products into cash. That's Among absurd. them, yeah. birds. An owl. An owl. The wow. only, this, see, the only way I can imagine is an owl going missing. The only motivation is like some sort of missing mascot prank mm-hmm. scenario. Like yeah. who do you sell an owl to? Like a Saudi prince or something? Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's got to be I've, a bird fanatic. Yeah. For sure. I've, I've, I hear they're uh, collecting like uh, the big cats, but... Maybe big birds, though. Well, it's funny you say that. Uh, quoted in the story, countries like Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, and Qatar, where, where uh, owning an owl, a bird of prey, is seen as a status symbol. That's where they're going. Well, there you go. That's where they're going. But um, you, anyway. You, you, but you save money on transport, too. You just toss it in the air, right? <laughs> well, you might not go exactly where you expected. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they're saying glass eels are some of the others that are um, – that are being stolen. Where in the world do you find a glass an eel? An eel. Yeah, uh, it's just bizarre. That, Things that, that they can convert into uh, into cash, luxury handbags, uh, like I said, toothpaste, 
Never would have thought. Don't, they don't use that out in Paulding County, do they? Oh, no. <laughs> you don't need all that. They, they call it toothpaste because that's how many teeth you got. Mm-hmm. It's a singular yeah, thing. Exactly. Right. Anyway. Oh, all right. Well, uh, thanks, guys, uh, for <laughs> enduring me on that. I can tell that you weren't very <laughs> the bird amused. of the week. Weren't very amused with my bird of the week. But, hey, you know what? It, it, the, the reason that I bring it up at all, uh, razors were some of the other things. How in the world do you sell razor to a millennial these days? Everybody's got a beard. Right. I mean, true. Well, you got to keep it clean. As long as they're woke. I mean, if, it's, if they're not woke, then maybe maybe you could sell it to some that are, some that are you know, a little more like me. Yeah, that's true. While I do have that's some true. facial hair, I don't have a beard. Well, Troy. You could still play for the Yankees. That's right. Oh, is that the way it is? <laughs> yeah, you can have a mustache. You just can't have a beard. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> I just find it strange that, uh, you know, a, a shortage of cash-carrying individuals is actually making folks uh, criminals uh, go to Yeah, I would have never means. thought that's the stuff they'd be going for, particularly yeah. because the people that are buying that stuff, I mean, would they not rather go get it if they know it's not been tampered with? Directly well, maybe, from the maybe toothpaste. Yeah, I mean, but I mean an owl. Who's going to tamper with your owl? Well, I mean, <laughs> hey, we, we're an owl country here. This uh, might yeah. be Kennesaw. There might be a premium placed on that owl. How do you steal an owl? Uh, how do you, you steal an owl, owl at night when it's when it's awake all night? You know, nocturnal. Well, it was in a cage, and <laughs> the old guy did say he wasn't sure that that the, uh, the thieves actually were successful in the attempt. That uh, he thought that. It, the owl could have escaped once they cut the lid off the place, but hard to say. But that's what they're attributing it to. And he's not the only one. Those that uh, that raise birds of prey say that it's a it's a thing these days. Hmm. So anyway, uh, Jarrett, we got uh, probably good time to talk about since yeah. it is the middle of the year. Well, that's talk right. about a mid-year financial checkup, and uh, we do have. Kind of a situation we put together to talk about just that thing. Um, wanted yeah, to a uh, bit of a hypothetical here. I mean, you know, just like anything else, uh, tis the season for this mid-year financial checkup, and so something we kind of wanted to reiterate as we we tend to do at some point uh, during the summer months throughout the year on the show, and to just kind of circle back around on some of this is more of a reminder than anything to some of you that. Uh, that are, are good about doing this on a regular basis. There's a number of clients we have that uh, love to, to check in around this time of year to kind of see how things are going uh, and how they've done year to date and, and what the expectations are for uh, the remainder of the year. And so, you know, to sort of illustrate that, we do have a, a situation today here with Helen and George, uh, who, like many of you, are, are either uh, close to or already in retirement uh, and, and are looking to kind of make sure they're on track uh, you know, retirement with it being so near in the future for them, uh, because Helen and George actually are not yet retired. Uh, they are looking to ensure that, uh, what, what their expectations are or were, uh, when the year began are still on, on, on pace and on track. And so there's a number of different things when you're doing a mid-year financial checkup that you might want to consider and, uh, something that, you know, we, we take a look at often, uh, this time of year. And actually, I would say probably even more commonly this year, uh, is is some tax loss selling um, because of the volatility we've experienced in the market so far. Uh, there's been a number of opportunities to, uh, you know, let's say for instance, you know, information technology has done extremely well year to date. So a lot of our clients who uh, have you know a, a good amount of exposure to that, like Helen and George do, uh, it might be opportune time to 
trim some of that back so that it remains an appropriate weighting within your portfolio. And because you might not want to take uh, the gains that you would have if, if they were in a taxable account and that you would incur if you sold them, uh, what you can do and what we've been working to do with a lot of clients is trimming back some of these positions that have done well year to date uh, and then selling for losses, specifically for losses, some of the ones, for instance, in the consumer staples sector, which is the worst performing sector uh, year to date, I believe. Uh, and and by taking the losses in that sector uh, against the gains that some are recognizing and in, in dialing back some of that IT exposure, we're able to, uh, you know, bring the the portfolio back in line, keep taxes to a minimum, and make sure that things are, as I said before, remaining on track uh, and, and performing as expected because otherwise you're, you're going to run into a big tax bill if, if you know, you want to just trim back those positions uh, so that we said, you know, that they don't become uh, overweighted. Uh, right. But then also, you know, if, if you've got the ability, which is uh, – you know, one of the the uh, advantages of owning individual stocks, like a lot of our clients do, then you're able to to harvest some of these losses, which which is a huge benefit. And I would say most people don't even consider or look to do until the end of the year. But in fact, you know, when we have years like we've got now, oh yeah, it's uh, time to check it out. Time. Yeah, it, you should always check through that at any given point during the year. Exactly. Uh, and of course, none of this has much impact on an IRA or 401k. If right. you've got losses in there, it's just best to keep those. Uh, kind of adjusted and weighted according to your yeah. strategy, your long-term strategy, always. Exactly. Uh, but if you've uh, if you've got those taxable accounts and you do have some losses, and guess how much uh, of the 500 stocks in the S&P 500, you want to take a wild guess as to how many of them are negative year to date, even with the market up three and a third percent. Oh, let's do a prices right thing. Yeah. Me and you. Here we go. You want to go first? Yeah. Who's going to yeah, go with the gonna go the first with the shot? Uh, right. Let's see. I'm going to say 215. Wow. Ooh. Okay. That's what aggressive. I don't want to be lame and do like the $1 thing. Uh, yeah. 173 feels like a good number. 173. Wow. How about 238? Wow. We're talking Man. almost 47 that's a incredible. A little over 47.6 percent of the S&P 500 is negative. Wow. So far in 2018, however, the overall amount is positive. Yeah. Well, I would say typically we don't see it this this much of a a uh, difference between you know what's done well and what hasn't. Uh, right. So we can talk more about the specifics of this when we come back. But there's a number of other items that uh, we want to do on the mid-year checkup here. So we'll check back in on Helen and George when we come back from this break. Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. We'll be right back. I had my eye on you a long time, Doctor. I consider you one of my most valuable long-term investments. And when it comes to my investments, I always do my homework. Thank goodness homework has come to an end for us, at least most of us. I think Trey's well, still, yeah. still yeah. after <laughs> some of that. Yeah. Man, Who I'm glad those do days homework? are gone. Yeah. <laughs> all right, you're listening to Money Talks. I want to let you all know you can give us a call uh, if you'd like to have your questions answered on the air. We'll finish talking about a uh, little bit of our mid-year review, but uh, if you would like to have your 
questions, your financial questions answered on the air. Of course, Jarrett might answer questions about various other things. That's right. Uh, he's he's like a a parent, probably mm-hmm. oh, be an awesome parenting coach. A plethora sure. of knowledge. I, of course. How do you spell that again? <laughs> now that uh, I don't know. Yeah, there we go. Um, I didn't say so all knowing. If you'd like to talk to a human being at Hensler Financial, you can call us seven seven zero four two nine nine one six six. You can also call our question hotline where you can leave a recorded message, uh, leave your your question, we'll play it back on the air and then answer right behind it. That an, that number is 1-855-429-9166. You can also email us, drgene at hensler.com, D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Um, you can also go to our website. See us also on various social media. Absolutely. We've got a way that you can contact us if you want us. And you try just a little bit. You can probably get a hold of Hensler Financial. Should not be too hard. Not too tough. So, uh, Jarrett, we were talking about uh, harvesting tax losses, and I know uh, Jacob's not a huge fan of selling consumer staples right now, but there is a strategy where (laughs) you can sell the individual names. Right. And what do you do? Yeah, a lot of times, you know, if we're optimistic on on what the sector may hold given its recent performance or otherwise, then when we do sell some of these individual companies to harvest losses to help us offset gains that we've taken for clients otherwise, what we'll we'll do sometimes is purchase a sector ETF, uh, which is going to kind of mimic the performance of that sector uh, while you await the passage of the IRS's wash sale rule. So, of course, you need to wait 31 days to buy the stock back after you've sold it for a loss if you want to recognize that loss on your tax return. And so, you know, as we were talking about before the break, if you were to sell some of the the top gainers in your portfolio right now in an effort to kind of dial them back and get them to an appropriate weighting uh, and try to avoid or at least minimize the tax bill, uh, what you could also do is some of these companies, which as we heard before, you know, uh, Troy brought up the fact that roughly half of the S&P 500 uh, is in negative territory this year. So it's a, a really unique, I would say, opportune time to uh, take some losses to help you offset the gains on, on these companies you're dialing back and uh, trying to bring back to that appropriate weighting and then waiting the 30 days to then buy back in at hopefully uh, an, an attractive price on some of those losers uh, so that you're still poised and positioned for uh, you know participation in a rally. And if that were to happen, uh, while you were sitting out on the sidelines, so to speak, uh, and awaiting that passage of the wash sale rule. That is why we would, in, in a lot of cases, recommend that these sector ETFs be owned because uh, in the case of consumer staples, for instance, where uh, it has suffered probably more than it justifiably should year to yeah. date, uh, if we hung on to that because, let's just say, a lot of the companies that were sold for losses happen to be in that sector, well, that would allow you to have your exposure uh, while you're awaiting the passage of the wash sale rule and still participate in a rally if it bounced back. But, I mean, I, I happen to agree with Jacob. I certainly don't think now would be the time to, to sell for uh, – well, sell some of these consumer staples companies because, uh, you know, they, they actually look pretty attractive they do, after yeah. what's happened. So, so uh, and, and just in what you laid out, uh, it, it actually does create kind of the, the answer to a conundrum. You sell mm-hmm. a stock that's got a loss, you buy a sector ETF, and you have a gain. Yep. You're going to be taxed at your, your marginal rate. Right. 
on the gain. Yeah, the gain. Because it's going to be short term if you sold before 12 months is up, right? That's true. Yeah, and so, you know, that that is something to consider and keep in mind when you're doing it. I think, you know, for the most part, we're of the opinion that, look, if that does happen, well, some gains better than no gain, and while right. you might yeah. give up a little well, more That's in the tax, name of this game, right? Aren't we supposed to make money? <laughs> that's right. Yes, exactly. So, you know, I mean, it, it does kind of stink that, you know, that is that is a conundrum that's brought about by doing that. But, again, I think, and the reason I've been trying to take as much advantage of this as I can is because we don't always see opportune times like this to be able to pull off a strategy like this. Because, for instance, last year, I mean, everything was up. Yeah, 21.8% so, <laughs> at yeah. the end of the year. The S&P 500 doubled its normal average mm-hmm. annual return. Yeah, so then you look, you got all these the same same problem, right? You got a bunch of companies that have done well sure. that you're overweighted in now because the price has driven up and you need to bring them back down to the target weighting that you have. Absolutely. But, you know, if this were last year, you you wouldn't have any losses to offset some of those gains and so then you'd be still needing to do what we're talking about here but not having the opportunity to minimize your tax bill. So when you do have these times come along, uh, it's really uh, an important consideration to make and see if it's something appropriate for you. That being said, there are a number of other things in a mid-year review that you might want to consider, and we won't touch on all of them today, but I will say that for those of you out there that do have a required minimum distribution uh, and have not yet taken it, uh, it is something to probably start thinking about now in the second half of the year and, and maybe not only the best way to go about taking that, whether you're going to take some uh, yourself, uh, to live off of, maybe you're going to journal some to a taxable account uh, so that you don't have to sell securities, or maybe you're going to give to a charity uh, so that you can avoid the, the tax liability on some of that distribution as well. That obviously needs to be taken before the end of the year. Otherwise, it's a 50% penalty on any amount that's not taken. So this is really when we kind of amp up our review of of our reports that show us who has and has not taken these requirements and start to to, uh, have discussions with them about what the best way is going to be to go go about uh, making sure this gets taken. Yeah, there's a penalty if you don't take that money, yeah, right? Yeah, 50%, like I say, on any of the ouch. untaken portion. Uh, so it'd be 50, if you didn't take any of it, it'd be 50% on the whole thing. But if you Who wants you to give away money like that? <laughs> that's a, that is uh, probably a fireable offense around here. Any clients don't get taken uh, the, the, the requirements. So it is, is certainly something that's important and needs to start being considered now so that at least you're not kind of forced or rushed into a situation at the year's end that will uh, maybe not, not allow you to make an optimal decision with some of that money. So uh, just, just start thinking about those things, uh, deadlines that will be coming up, and, and anything else that might you know, help you stay on track with your retirement and or uh, investment strategy is, is definitely something to Keep yeah. on your radar. Even if you're even if you're taking money out of the now, it doesn't really impact the tax situation. Doesn't impact um, your required minimum distribution as long as you take it within the year because you're taking it from a from a tax deferred account, right? Right. But um, not taking it obviously could impact you severely. Yeah. Well, sometimes I mean, look, if you've got a larger requirement, I mean, these things can affect other areas of your life. I'm sure uh, those of you that do have these, you've probably run into situations where. You know, a certain level of income is going to affect your Social Security benefit. It could affect your Medicare benefits. So, you know, if that is going to be something that you need to consider, it's probably not going to be something you want to do the week after Christmas and figure out, okay, what's the best way to go about making sure 
this gets taken so that I can avoid the penalty, but also make sure I'm doing it optimally. And, and so even if it is just that you don't want to take the full amount because you don't need it and can afford to maybe give some to your favorite charity, uh, that's even something to start thinking about. There's maybe a number of organizations you would be interested in, and that can help you keep your ordinary income low so that either you're not pushed into another bracket or uh, you know, it doesn't impact these other areas of your life. Jacob, I know uh, you've talked a lot this segment, but we're going to ask you just one more question because <laughs> Jacob and I just love to hear you talk. Oh, good. Uh, so the question is from Glenn from Kennesaw. says, uh, should I make a non-deductible IRA contribution? I'm covered by a 401k at work, and I make more than $135,000, so a Roth IRA is uh, is out too. So what do you say? Technically, a Roth may be out. However, the IRS code does allow for what we refer to as a backdoor Roth contribution. And if you don't have any other IRA dollars or money in a a traditional IRA, uh, then you would be eligible, actually, to make this non-deductible IRA contribution. And I would actually recommend, uh, it's a pretty good idea if you are young uh, and do have the 401k potential through your employer, uh, to, to go ahead uh, if you've got the income as well, and make that non-deductible contribution to an IRA, but then immediately convert it uh, to the Roth IRA. So that is going to, uh, you know, obviously allow those dollars to then be in a, in a tax-exempt account uh, and grow in that same manner. So the fact that you can still get uh, those dollars into the Roth, I would say, um, is worth doing the non-deductible IRA contribution. Otherwise, you run into a case where you, if you make non-deductible IRA contributions and keep them in an IRA, well, now you're going to have some basis in the IRA because those are after-tax dollars. And then you'll probably have, you know, if you were to roll that 401K over, Glenn, you're going to have tax-deferred dollars. So now there's different treatment of the dollars within your account. And that, that can make it difficult when you move employers or, uh, you know, want to move the funds around at all. So uh, I would say that it is very sensible if you're going to do that Roth conversion. And if you don't have any other IRA dollars, definitely consider it. And with our new tax laws, that Roth conversion is a forever thing, right? That is correct. Now, you cannot recharacterize. So if you were to do that now, just know that you cannot recharacterize those dollars and go back like you used to be able to. Uh, but the, the Roth conversion is still allowable, uh, and so it's, it's still a really good option uh, to consider. Yeah, the backdoor Roth, it's um, uh, not every day that you hear folks talking about that. <laughs> That's right. All right, let's take a real quick break. You're listening to Money Talks. We'll be right back. Stay woke. Listening to Money Talks, I'm Troy Harmon here with none other than Jarrett McKenzie and Jacob Keen, and right. uh, talking about all things financial. Uh, it was a good choice right there coming back to, in. I'll yeah, tell you, Troy, I'm well, took thanks, me right man. back to Daytona Bike Week. Wow. Um, 94. You, you still got a Oh, that's, that's not a, a helmet you're wearing. That's yeah, no. Big head. Oh, no. Yeah, of I'm course. Sorry. Uh, they make helmets in that size? No, they don't. It's special. <laughs> I don't need many of them, you know. He's got a helmet, but it's got stretch marks yeah. on it. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, all right, Jacob. It's, uh, we've, we've heard a lot out of Jarrett during this uh, last segment, so why don't you and I talk a little bit about 
question from Joseph from Woodstock. And before we get into that, if you would like to contact us, you can give us a call, 770-429-9166. That's Hensler Financial, Dr. Gene at Hensler.com, D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. You can also call our question hotline, 1-855-429-9166. Leave your recorded message, a question uh, for us to answer on the air, and we would be happy to do that for you. So uh, Joseph from Woodstock says, I own Micron Technology. Some analysts say it's down 18% by more. Others are saying that the trade war is going to affect the stock. What do you recommend? I really believe that uh, part of this is trade-related. 51% of the company's revenues are sourced from China, so you know that it's uh, it, it's going to be impacted. They're not going to get away without some sort of pain. Uh, when it comes to technology, old man Trump's been talking a lot about that, uh, and especially uh, the Chinese buying our uh, technology companies. Now, I don't think that's any part of what might be on the table, but uh, what do you think, Jacob? Well, they did have uh, a recent... Uh IP trade dispute, however you want to phrase it. Um, it looked like it was a little bit of like tit for tat uh, with another um, Chinese company. Um, basically, uh, it looks like moving forward um, with the settlement of that dispute, it only threatens about one percent of revenues. Okay. So if <laughs> Obviously, it's it's a little unsettling as an investor when you you feel like you're in the crosshairs as you know a potential chip in you know the trade trade fight between the U- U.S. Sure. and China. Yeah. Um, the the other thing, just contextually, that I would say, I mean, you look at a Micron or Western Digital, some of these storage type plays, they're very they're very cyclical, and that you you hit that enterprise upgrade cycle, you know. Uh, folks are buying more, <laughs> more servers, etc. Sure. Uh, it's very cyclical. And it, you look at you look at like the 52-week range. I mean, this thing is more than doubled in the past year. So, it's it's tough to root it in evaluation due to the cyclicality. I mean, it, you you're looking at a PE ratio right now in the trailing 12 months. It looks absurd at five times. But yeah. <laughs> but again. This is the sort of company that, that knocks the cover off the ball one year and then the next year. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> wait. You gotta be patient rough. if you're gonna own yeah. it. Yeah, and and to that point, it, when I look at earnings, they're really volatile. You, exactly. You know, they they do real well for a short period of time, and then, like you said, you know, you might have to wait for a long long time. But uh, and in technology, man, it, it doesn't take long to become absolutely obsolete. So. Uh, you can't rest when you're sitting there waiting on that cycle to turn back to you. Uh, you have to continue to try to provide the market with uh, solutions that are that are cutting edge. Right, uh, and it's and with a with a business model like this, it's it, it is tech, but it's largely commoditized in my view. If you're talking, you know, uh, DRAM, you know, storage yeah. type business. Everyone's basically got the same sort of product. Sure, yeah. Not not one is more efficient than the other, right. and you know they all take about the same 
amount of power to run them and the same uh, storage capacity and, and all that stuff. So you're absolutely right. It's it's uh, hard to delineate one from the other. I would say I'd avoid it at the moment. Yeah, I'd say if you've been holding for a while, I mean, you got a nice game there. Sure. Know. Yeah. Rebalance. Look, look, yeah. <laughs> yeah, look elsewhere. Yeah. All right, uh, here's another one, Mark from Loganville. And uh, Jer- Jared, don't, don't, uh, you know, you don't have to keep checking your your emails. I mean, you can. You can <laughs> I was just drinking some water. I was parched from all the contribution I made previously. So, oh, is that it? You're yeah, recovering. Just, exactly. Well, that's good. I hope you're not dehydrated. Refreshed. You're looking a bit. You're looking a little bit. Oh no no no! I don't get dehydrated. Oh no. Okay, no. good. Uh, how about Mark from Loganville? He says, is Alibaba still a recommended pick? I remember you touting it maybe two years ago. Wasn't it the Amazon of China? Well, answer to that question. And, by the way, the ticker symbol here is Baba, B-A-B-A. Uh, it was the Amazon, is the yeah, Amazon of China, Amazon. no doubt. Uh, still just uh, growing like crazy. Uh if you look, the trend is a little bit negative, but uh, analysts expect it to continue earnings growth over 26% going forward. Um, There's a lot of strategic action there. I mean, if you look at the re- if you look at the top line, the revenues are growing. They, they're expected to grow at about the same rate. But sounds a little ex- familiar. Maybe it is the Amazon. Of China. <laughs> we expect uh, we expect you know some margin compression here because actually, if you look at what not only Bob is doing, but uh, JD.com, uh, even Tencent, they're actually moving into physical store locations now. They've been acquiring, I mean, think like convenience stores, stuff like that. Sure. They're trying to move towards... First you kill that business, and then <laughs> yeah. you become that business. Is but, this the way you do it? Right. But to me, to me, it's it. you think China and you think emerging market, you know, this is... This is uh, a, a very attractive space, but it, it looks like the sort of tr- strategic moves of a business that realizes that their core cash cow is maturing. They're not going to be able to deliver the same growth as they used to. And I actually looked at uh, e-commerce penetration in China relative to the U.S. It's actually higher. So there's more people b- buying their things online in China than in the U.S. So if you have this perception that it's like, all right, Alibaba's not really just getting gained. started. Yeah, yeah it's, not it's, so much. it's not that they've expanded into other Southeast Asian countries. They're buying up these physical locations. Obviously, it's a great growth story, but again, it, can you justify a 50 PE? Well, it, it, I totally agree with that, but there's uh, there's and you want China exposure at this point, really? I mean, that's my concern. So, so China exposure, in my opinion, is is a little off the table. But at the same time, we still have those issues. Look, you can buy Baba; it's traded on the U.S. exchange under the ticker symbol BABA. But you go and look, and I don't find a parent company for. For the uh, American depository receipt. Well, they have that weird structure where it's like a Cayman Island right. ADR. Yeah, so you're not really buying a company directly in China. No. You're buying on, you know, it's it's <laughs> the structure is just unbelievably strange to me. And let's face it, do you trust all the numbers you get out of China? <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, and that's the thing. I don't guess that's, so. that's no. the problem. I mean, I I'm still sitting here looking. I I saw a thing this morning saying that uh, Chinese GDP growth still set for 6.6 percent. You know, I might be able to believe that, but when I get down to specific company results, especially when they don't have to report them 
in their home country. Right. I, it just baffles me. How in the world can we trust all the information that we get from them? <laughs> I know typically you compare the, the price to earnings, you know, within uh, between companies within the same sector. Do you do that still with companies that are, you know, in different continents? I mean, because they're in similar businesses, are they still compared the same way, or might they be? I mean, if we were comparing Amazon's PE to to Baba's PE, then is that something that would be a, a uh, proper or appropriate yeah, I mean, comparison? if you look at Amazon versus Baba, even at 50 times on earnings, yeah. uh, it, it looks cheap. better than Amazon. Yeah. But Amazon's yeah. at 267 And today. I think part of that is the doubts that I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. It's the, you know, it's, uh, people it's like are paying risk. one-fourth as much for the earnings of mm-hmm. Baba than they are for, for that of Amazon. But really, it's that's the risk. It's the that's country the risk premium. It. Yeah. It's, you think about some of these emerging market countries, you're not even sure if the government's going to seize the assets of the business. Well, you know, that's true. Just, that about, just so, about every yeah. company you that you would uh, you would find in China, the government owns a portion mm-hmm. of too. So, uh, you know, I I still have my doubts about just uh, how solid the numbers are, how trustworthy they could be. Um, but you know, it's if you look at the results, it's hard to argue with them, except for the fact that you know you can't necessarily trust the numbers. Yeah. All right, guys, uh, what do you think about the market this week? What do you say, Jacob? We're going to go up, we're going to go down. It was good last year, I mean last week. Uh, I think up up sounds good. Yeah, it's going up from here. All right, I say up every week. Thanks for listening. You're listening to Money Talks. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.